All right, it's August. That means football is here. And we're all so excited. I can't wait to talk about it. We've got recruiting, NIL, uh, some different stuff there to talk about. We've got uh, fall camp preview, obviously, with uh, fall camp opening up this week. We've got uh, offense, defense, scheme, personnel. We're going to look at the roster as a whole. Is it better, better or worse? So a lot to talk about. Let's jump right into it. All right, so thought I would start a little different tonight. Um, there's been so much going on with off the field, you know, just recruiting, and then there's the NIL conversation and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, for anybody that is interested in that, kind of kind of thought we'd start there. So, I follow recruiting uh, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one is is nice to kind of see like how the coaches are trying to um, fill the roster, stack the roster, what kind of you know, body types they're going after, what type of players at, at certain positions and all that. So, um, and it's just nice to kind of know, okay, like here, here, here are the guys coming in. I want to kind of look at their tape, compare them to the guys that uh, are the guys that are going, you know, to other colleges and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, especially if you do follow recruiting, you know, this past weekend was Big Cat weekend, and that's a huge um, kind of unofficial visit that has been going on for the last decade, really. Um, it's carried over through, you know, multiple coaching staff. So it's, it's, it's all, it's been a thing. And it was this weekend, we had kind of a lot of news coming from it. We had two uh, 2024 commits. So for those that are kind of unfamiliar, that's, you know, guys that are about to start their junior season. So that's a long way off, um, but two really good players. And then really, you know, obviously they're recruiting the 2023 class. So guys that'll be on the team next year, um, we're going to get commitments this week um, that were, you know, from Big Cat Weekend, some really good players, four-star edge, Ashley Williams from Louisiana, um, three-star corner, J.C. Hart from, uh, you know, Lucha Poker or something right around, uh, you know, pretty local kid, but he's a, he's apparently run 4-2, 4-3-40s, and he's a defensive back with length, and so a lot of people like him. Um, we've got Connor Liu, who's probably the best center prospect in the entire class of 2023, which is nice because we're going to lose Brahms and Jalil Irvin probably. Um, he should be committing this week. So there should be some really good news this week. Obviously, uh, Hugh Lee, a, a four-star that really is is probably a five-star talent in terms of like frame and athleticism uh, at the offensive tackle position. He's a, a four-star Georgia commit. Uh, the the rumors on the message boards all weekend that he might commit, uh, flip his commitment and, and commit to Auburn on Sunday. He didn't do that. So then now all the Auburn fans are bummed out about it. Um, you know, what I'd say just on recruiting is it's better than it than it was, you know, a month or two ago. So that's good. Um, and what I'd really say this or is this is that the truth is, and this, again, this is not like a proprietary take. There's, you know, smarter people than me that cover recruiting um, that said this, this same kind of sentiment. But basically, I mean, even if we had the number one class in the country right now in 2023, let's say we had, you know, six five-stars committed and 10 four-stars and, you know, it's like going to be the best recruiting class of all time. Well, if we start the year two and three in the first five games, guess what's not going to happen? We're not going to sign a lot of those guys, okay? We may not sign any of those guys because the whole staff, you know, I mean, the staff will be gone probably. Um, there's a lot of negative recruiting, obviously, that the coaches are kind of fighting against, and that's not easy. It's hard. Um, just kind of is what it is. So my point is, is 
Recruiting for 2023 um, is inherently tough because of everything that happened in the offseason. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, like it or not, nothing that's going on right now for the 2023 class in recruiting is relevant until we start putting our product on the field where the, where the recruits can either confirm, right? Like, okay, this is what I wanted to see. This is what I was hoping, or this is what I expected to see. And they're, and they're, they're doing it and they're winning. And now I can really feel comfortable, like giving them a commitment or staying with my commitment. Um, or maybe, you know, for kids that are really unsure that maybe have already committed elsewhere, it's like, okay, well, you know, the coaches had laid out this vision to me and my family and now it seems like they may be moving in that direction, so maybe I give them a second look, et cetera. Um, so that's, I mean, that's just where we're at. Now, with, uh, you know, NIL and all that kind of stuff, we have a new collective now. Hopefully, they'll kind of get their act together. Um, you know, the, the big thing with the new version of, you know, what was, um, I don't even remember the name, the Auburn Collective Group that was going to help with NIL yeah, that one was like the price points were way off. It was like 250 a month was like the lowest price option for Auburn fans to, you know, to spend to essentially have access to Auburn athletes, uh, which, look, we all know, okay, yeah, it gives you access to whatever where you can watch stuff or, or you know, whatever it is for, for college athletes. But at the end of the day, it's to pay them. And then it's a recruiting tool to use to say, look, you know, our running back, you know, that's similar to you. So let's say, you know, Jeremiah Coffrin, our four, you know, our running back Tank Bixby has this NIL deal. Uh, just to give you a reference point, Jeremy. So, you know, if you have, you know, if you kind of come into what you're supposed to do, you can expect to see similar numbers. That's that's really what's happening. Okay, coaches can't speak to you know directly to like, hey, this NIL deal is going to be waiting for you. They they're that's that's not allowed. Um, but I don't see how you could regulate where they say, hey, look. You know, these are our NIL deals that our current players have. Here's, you know, what the guys at your position have, you know, et cetera. So um, hopefully because this new NIL group is going to try to attract more of like the everyday Auburn fan that may can spend, who knows, you know, 50 bucks a month instead of 250 whatever it is, um, then maybe, you know, as a whole we can raise some more money to help, you know, essentially pay these players and then help us with the recruiting. So that's kind of hope there. Um, but again, you know, if you follow recruiting, just keep in mind, you know, no matter where you're at, at the end of the day, man, it's going to come down to the first five games. And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, at some point and, you know, see how I feel about all that. But uh, we're about to jump straight into the fall camp preview. Okay, so we're going to look at offense. We're going to look at defense. Um, and it'll be fun. So give me just a second. We'll come right back. All right, so let's talk fall camp preview. Um, they're going to be kicking off everything later this week. As I record this at 9.30, it is a Tuesday night, the 2nd of August. So um, should have a decent bit of news like this weekend. And then going into next week, we'll definitely get a lot more, um, you know, really just jumping right into it. We look at the offense, okay? You know, my main thoughts, and I mean, I don't know how much of, of this part is going to get answered just from like, you know, Harson around the media or any of the other coaches. I, I think the coordinators have um, some specific meeting or media times later this week. Uh, so Keith Al on offense and obviously Schmetting on defense. But um, you know, for for the offense specifically, who's going to play? Like I don't. I mean, I don't know that we've really had like a clear answer on that. Um, so that's interesting to me. And then I mean, obviously kind of beyond that is all right so wh whoever it is calling plays 
that's fine. However, that that operation is going to work. But then just like schematically in general, you know, I know that Harson and Bobo, um, you know, I mean, obviously last year before the season, they, they talked about how there's a lot of similarities in their approach to, you know, offensive football, some differences, and they were just going to kind of combine all their stuff. And, 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 you know, a lot of what we saw last year was that, that child, that, you know, combination of, um, you know, Harson and Bobo's past experiences. So if you think about the things that, you know, really when I look at like offensive football, I look at like, you know, your normal. So like, you know, this, the second drive in the first quarter or, um, you know, the first few drives in the third quarter, assuming it's kind of a regular, you know, regular flow of the game. It's a close game or whatever. And it's not, you know, there wasn't factors in the game that made you, you know, veer really far away from what you would typically want to do. And then I just say, okay, well, you know, the things that they do in those normal, you know, those kind of normal opportunities, that's kind of where they want to live. You know, they, they want to do this type stuff. They want to do that type stuff. You know, their quick game, they like getting to it this way or with this personnel package or this formation there, um, you know, their run game, you know, they like this type stuff, zone stuff, um, inside, outside, or, you know, gap stuff more like, um, you know, power and, and all that kind of stuff counter. And, you know, do we like to run from under center? Do we like to run at a pistol or the gun or two back or single back? or what personnel again in formation do we like you know kind of the trips to one side and like a nub tight end to one side you know do we like to run um away from the tight end or two to the you know to the tight end all that kind of stuff you know and then the play action game off of it the screen game uh any you know any other perimeter you know perimeter hitting plays um when everything's going normal you know what do we want to do and Really, last year, I thought our passing game took a, a massive step forward just in terms of, like, everybody kind of starting from the ground level and then working their way up. So a lot of, like, you know, stick and spacing type concepts. You know what I mean? You think about um, one one concept I know we ran a ton of was we'd be in a gun with kind of a twins receivers to the field and then to the boundary we'd have line tied in on the ball and then kind of a wing tied in um you know kind of right off his hip and then we just kind of flare the running back to that side of the tight ends we'd have both tight ends you know basically you know shanker and then deal or whoever else kind of do like a little spacing deal they just kind of space out but then hitch up right there at like three to five um so kind of like a stick concept and then some some really simple concept to the field maybe be like a um you know curl flat or you know double slants or whatever it is I know we did a lot of really simple stuff like that, just kind of attacking the flat defender or attacking hook curl or whatever it is. Um, we had, um, you know, just other drop games, you know, smash concepts. We had a lot of like high low smash type concepts. We ran some drive across the middle and a lot of high low type stuff. Um, so I know that's kind of where where we wanted to live. Now, you know, the type of quarterback we had last year with Bo is obviously a lot different than presumably who we're going to have this year in Calzada. We'll talk more about, you know, position by position. But, I mean, you know, now I, I think last year we still had some of that, like, hey, first read, second read maybe, and, you know, maybe go make a play with your legs, Bo. You know, I think there was a lot of, of that, um, or at least it seemed that way still. This year, obviously, that's not going to be the case. Um, I think it's going to be a much deeper, like, progression read type system. Um, obviously, that kind of changes concept to concept. But I think 
with Calzada, obviously, you know, you're not going to build in kind of, hey, man, you know, pull it down and run it. We may do more five out stuff, you know, getting the backs um, instead of having them in the block. Maybe we'll have them out. Uh, you know, me personally, the reason I like a lot of five out stuff, with, which also leaves you with five man pass protection, basically just meaning that you only have the offensive line to protect the quarterback. The reason I like five out, um, you know, just regular drop back or quick pass concepts is because it kind of evens the numbers up. So, like, if you have just, like, a normal four-man rush on defense, okay, well, that leaves you with seven. Well, if I leave my back to kind of like check and release, if he stays in the block or whatever, and then he can release somewhere, a bunch of times, man, we're not going to get to the back. So he really is a non-factor. So, so really what that means is I leave the back in to protect. Okay, well, that's six. That's five plus the back is six, and the quarterback is seven. So I only have four receivers out on routes, right? Well, if the defense rushes four – then they have seven to cover four. Well, I mean, it's like if they have seven guys to cover four, then there's a pretty good chance that none of our guys get open. Now, and and, and that right there is has nothing to do with our receiver's ability. It really has not that much to do with like schemes. It's going to be hard to scheme something up where your four guys get open against seven. So, um, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, even if you protect with six, that doesn't mean that the four guys that are coming can't get there, especially if they're doing some kind of stunt. Like, you know, we always com have complained the last few years about not being able to bl block Georgia's front specifically. Well, when you get into like, you know, their kind of blitz down a distance. So obviously that would be like a third and long or what, you know, the, the, the down a distance is that they really like to have these blitz packages what they've been doing because they know these number games they know kind of how it works they'll only bring four or five but they'll do it in a way that you know can confuse the the protections so they'll only bring four or five so that means they still have six you know five or six guys still in pass coverage and that makes it really hard man because if they're stunting and if they're overloading and then coming from the other side or whatever it is uh, and if we slide the wrong side i've seen some of that against georgia the last couple of years you know that kind of thing then if you, even if you leave your back and protect, if you have six to protect and they bring five, they still have six and we only have four. You know what I'm saying? So that makes it really, really hard um, to attack a defense that way. So I'll be I'll be watching a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, as much like the little snippets that we can get in fall camp, I'll be interested to see um, what I can kind of gather from that. And, you know, really what I plan on doing is I have a, I have a buddy of mine who's um, – Real smart dude. He knows football and he knows Auburn football, and so I want to bring him on and uh, have a conversation at some point while we're still in fall camp before the season starts. But uh, maybe by that time, I'll have kind of an indication of what I think you know direction we're headed. But um, you know, in the run game, okay. I mean, last year it was it was a lot of inside zone. It was um, you know I really think about the Alabama game and. I mean, literally what I remember is a bunch of like 12 and 13 personnel. So that's one back and then two or three tight ends. So 12 would be two tight ends. 13 would be three tight ends. I, I recall a lot of that. Um, and then just like literally inside zones and maybe like some split zone where like the wing tight end would go um, across the formation uh, after the snap. And he'd like, you know, maybe cut or try to kick the uh, kind of that edge defender that was about all we had. We had, a, and then, you know, really the, the plays that were a little more um, intricate in their design, we had good, good 
success with it. Like the, the toss play against Alabama was pretty good for us. Um, you know, we, we, we ran a specific um, like toss sweep concept at an eye formation last year where we'd have, um, you know, that receiver, you know, to that, to the, to the front side kind of come back and almost like fake reverse. And I know obviously that was the one where Jarquez hurdled the guy against Penn state. There was, we ran it a bunch of times um, last year, but, you know, really what I think about in our run game is a bunch of just like inside zone where, you know, our line would communicate, hey, we're going to double this guy together and then we're working up to this backer, you know, so you have like, you know, whatever uno duo blocks, whatever. Um, but just kind of like zone stepping, kind of just going straight ahead and we don't have the personnel on the offensive front to really move people like that. Um, when we did get a little, you know, variation in our run game, it seemed like we had success. That toss sweep is a decent example. Um, and, you know, I mean, there was a bunch of other cases. Sometimes when we run like a counter concept, it seemed to work pretty well. Um, so as far as what I'm looking for personally, I think it would be great. And I think it would really help our offensive line out and our run game as a whole is to get a little more variable in our, um, in our run scheme. So, you know, if we're kind of a, a zone-heavy coaching staff, if we just really feel good about the zone, maybe, you know, and look, again, this this right here, the, the, the wide zone or the outside stretch zone, stretch puncture zone, that kind of stuff, um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about that and how that can help our offense. So, again, not a proprietary take to me, but I think, you know, having some of that, what that does is, you know, I mean, just think about it simply. If you're running a lot of like wide zone stretch puncture, you're, you're reach blocking, you, what you're doing is you're making the defensive front run, you know? And so um, that's, you know, that's one of the main reasons that people would do it anyway is because if you have kind of an inherent strength, like man-on-man -man disadvantage, if you can get them running side to side and kind of wear them out, maybe maybe tap into their, their depth or lack thereof on the defensive front, um, maybe maybe you have a chance and then you know really even just within the play if you get guys running side to side somebody can misfit you know the second level guy whatever and then that can leave a hole or a cutback lane for the running back so even though your guys may not be as good as the defenders or the you know defensive front guys you might can have positive plays just for guys you know running out of position or whatever so outside zone wide zone stretch puncture you know that kind of stuff I'd love to see more of that. I think the the play action game off of that is really really good. Just inherently, it's a longer developing play those outside zones, and so what that does is the play actions off of those concepts give the receivers longer time to get downfield. So you can have like longer shot plays, and when that calls out his arm, I think that that kind of stuff can be really successful. So, um, you know, that's that's some that's some things that I'm interested to see. Okay, and. Again, when we come back, hopefully I'll have, you know, some insight into what we might be trying to do, and I can kind of, you know, expound on that. But I'll just be interested, you know, from a scheme identity standpoint, who's calling plays, whatever information we can get from that, and then, you know, what clips or what information I can get from fall camp to say, okay, I think we're going to kind of be headed in this direction, um, and this is going to be how we use our personnel, and this is going to be how we attack defenses, uh, just as a general rule, because, you know, week to week, game plan to game plan, it's going to be slightly different. So very interested in that. Um, 
also with the offense, just like the, <laughs> I mean, the obvious stuff, the position battles, okay? You've got quarterback, you've got receiver, you've got offensive line. Um, running back set, I mean, the, the totem pole is, you know, Tank, Jarquez, and then you have uh, Demari Austin, and, of course, you still have Sean Jackson there as well. So, I mean, that's, you know, I would expect the carries literally to fall um, in that order at least – you know, by the time we get to the end of the season, look back. I think it's just going to be Tank Jarquez, Damari, and then Sean Jackson. That would be my guess there. Um, sorry, texting my wife. Okay, that would be my guess there. At running back, tight end. Obviously, we know what we have um, Shanker, one of the you know top leaders on the team. He was at SEC Media Days. Um, you know, I would expect him to match, if not you know, exceed his production last year. Um, and I would expect that even if he doesn't get to his if he doesn't match his production from last year i think it's not anything indicative of him or his play it's just that maybe we you know get other guys you know spread the ball a little more but um shanker's really good he's athletic he's sure-handed he seems to be smart you know what i mean um and he blocks well enough that he's uh, a versatile player you know um so really really obviously good to have him and then the rest of the tight end you've got deal who who traditionally has been used more as a blocker but he's shown you know the ability to make plays Tyler Fromm has shown the ability to make plays you still have Brandon Frazier who might be you know frame and and athletically the the guy with the most upside in that entire group and then Micah Riley Ducker a guy a uh, true freshman who should get some PT on special teams so running back tight end we should kind of know what we have there um, I mean, at the quarterback position, look, it is going to be interesting, um, even though I don't think it'll be, like, telling in any way, but I do think it's interesting to see who's going to be, like, taking first snaps. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how the coaches would handle that. I don't know if it's, hey, look, we're just going to go by seniority or um, by who's been here the longest or – you know, just kind of let whoever steps in front step in front. And then, you know, how does that kind of work itself out? But I think it's interesting. Again, I don't think it's telling. I don't think just because, you know, I don't think just because TJ Finley makes sure he hops in the front of the line on the first day of fall camp that, that that's who's going to be our starting quarterback. Uh, but I do think it's interesting. It's just kind of an interesting way. Um, however the coaches handle it, you know, even if they, if they, if they handle it by not handling it, you know what I mean? That's kind of interesting too. So, um I fully expect Calzada to be the starter uh, by game one, but again, obviously, we'll just be monitoring that uh, throughout fall camp. The receiver position is interesting, uh, as as devoid of bodies, <laughs> or at least scholarship bodies, as it was in the spring. We should have depth, man. I mean, I'll go um, again. I'll go like position by position at some point uh, later in this podcast, just to kind of look at, okay, like is our roster better? Uh, this year than last year, but if you just rattle these names off, okay, Shedrick Jackson, Landon King, Xavier Capers, Camden Brown, J.J. Evans, Coy Moore, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Omari Kelly, Desalen Worsham, Javaris Johnson, Tavares Dawson, and Jay Fair, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's like a bunch of stinkers in that group. There's some guys that, you know, haven't played J.J. Evans, um, I mean, really, that's kind of the only guy that really hadn't played. Xavier has played at times. Uh, Malcolm Johnson has played. Um, you know, Tavares, not really. Javarius Johnson obviously has. I mean, really, the guys that have been here have played. Uh, Desalen Worsham didn't play at Miami before he transferred. Uh, Coy Moore played some at LSU. So, um, you know, again, I don't think there's really a lot of guys that just aren't good. 
and so it'll be interesting to just watch that competition. Um, we know kind of who the flankers are, and we knew we know kind of who the slot guys are. And again, I'll get more into that like with the roster um, outlook, but that's going to be really interesting. So obviously, that's going to be a storyline. See who's getting more reps with who. Um, you know what what three or four receivers are kind of working together. You know who's playing the slot, that kind of thing. So that'll be really interesting. Obviously, the offensive line. You know, again. You've got Zaire that's probably going to be your left tackle. you got Troxel that's probably going to be your right tackle. Uh, Brandon Coffey, you know, will kind of back up. Alec Jackson will probably slide and back up a little bit. Um, you got Brahms and Irvin at the center position. you got Keandre Jones at the right guard. And, again, Alec Jackson will probably back some of these guys, uh, back some of these guys up too. But the left guard position is kind of interesting because, I mean, potentially you could still have Alec Jackson battling. Um, and then you've got Brandon Council who started a lot at left guard. And then you have Cameron Stutz who – you know, I mean, shout out to like Cole Pinkston and some of these other guys. Um, there's people who are looking for Cameron Stutz to start now uh, in his senior year, as you know, and he's never started before. So, um, Brandon Council, I think, is, I mean, he's just not very good. I mean, I know when he transferred in in 2020, he kind of started out that Kentucky game and maybe a couple other games before he got hurt, and people were kind of high on him. Um, but it, I mean, look, go watch it yourself. I mean, you go watch his play. He's he's like on the ground a lot. He's kind of sloppy and like his feet aren't good. He doesn't seem to be really even that strong at the point of attack. So um, it's just you know really when I watch the videos that we'll have access to at a fall camp, it's like how are these guys moving? You know what I mean? Like do they look healthy? It's like the Brodarius Ham thing. It's like every time he moved, it looked like oh my gosh, like that just looks like it hurts, you know, like every step he takes just looks like his knees hurt and all that. So how are these guys moving? How do they look? What do their bodies look like? Do we have any kind of changes from, you know, from, from the end of last season? So through our off season, uh, strength conditioning program, what guys look good, what guys don't, um, obviously you'll look at, you know, who goes out there together, who goes out there, you know, it'll be the, the, the reporting, um, which is, you know, all good. I mean, that's good information, but it's not, again, it's not telling, but it is interesting. Um, you know, who was the first group that goes out there for fall camp at left guard or left tackle, left guard center, right guard, right tackle, who's, who's out there together, that kind of thing. That'll be interesting. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see some young guys get some work like the Garner Langlos and EJ Harris's of the world. They need to get ready because it's pretty much the whole offensive line is leaving next uh, after this year. So that'll be interesting. So um, that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the fall camp preview. Things that I'm specifically looking for the offensive side of the ball is, again, again like scheme and identity, uh, whatever information I can glean from that. And then, obviously, the position battles. I mean, you know, quarterback is the most obvious, but I think receiver is a really interesting one. And I think offensive line in terms of, you know, that left guard position, which seems to be the most, like, up in the air. And then, you know, some of these other guys, how it's going to sort out for, you know, who's backing up who and that kind of thing. Um, we'll go straight to the defense. So, you know, kind of the same type of stuff. So you've got your scheme and identity, um, and then you've got your position battles. So, like, all right, you know, again, you're listening to this podcast, you know um, what has transpired. So, obviously, you know, Derek Mason to Jeff Schmetting, Schmetting um, the rumors of, you know, the fact that it was Schmetting that was – more involved, quote unquote, or maybe calling plays against you know Alabama and the the pressures and the man coverage. And I mean, I don't know. Um, who knows? I mean, and really, it doesn't even matter that much because, like, I mean, 
I don't know. It, to me, it doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, I'm sure we're, and Harson even said this, we're going to play some zone and we're going to play some man. Like, that's just like, at this level of football, you're not, you know, you're not just going to play zone 100% of the time and you're not going to play man 100% of the time. You're going to play both. Um, you know, whether we find ourselves in a situation where it's like we're bringing pressure at a much higher rate than we did last year, okay, you know. Um, at the end of the day, though, it's like, it's still better to get pressure with four, you know, or God, I mean, you know, get pressure with three, because again, you do the numbers game, you get pressure with four, well, you still have seven guys in coverage. You know what I mean? If you have to bring five or six to get pressure, then you're putting your, your back end, you know, you're, you're kind of putting them in a vulnerable spot. So, um, you know, really when I look at scheme and all that for the defense, I think more like specifically, uh, personnel utilization, meaning, all right, we kind of look at, and again, we'll kind of go um, look at the roster in a second, but it's like, okay, you know, where are we really strong? Where are we deep? Where are we a little bit concerned maybe with our talent level and where are we maybe a little thin, you know? Um, the, the, the position group that jumps off the page to me in terms of like question marks is linebacker. All right, well, uh, and, and specifically inside linebacker, okay, if you're considering edge to be an outside linebacker. I'm, I'm talking specifically inside linebacker where we lost um, Zacoby McClain and Chandler Wooten last year. So, you know, to me it's like, well, um, what could you do to kind of hide, uh, you know, hide that weakness if that is, you know, indeed the case. And we've got some, we've got some big bodies um, on the front. And so to me it's like how can we cover up – as many gaps with, you know, with our big bodies and then hopefully uh, mitigate the the kind of the chances of the offensive front moving up to the second level, getting their hands on kind of these smaller linebackers. I mean, Owen, I've talked about this, as athletic and, you know, cool and everything as he is, and he is a very good football player, the thing that he's really not the best at is just going downhill, smacking a guard in the face mask, shedding the block, holding his, you know, holding his gap and making a tackle. That's just not really like his best thing. Um, you know, and he's one of our bigger linebackers. E e Eugene Asante's at like 215, you know. Um, Cam Riley's tall, but he's pretty thin, you know, relatively. Wesley Steiner's like 5'11", 220 or whatever he is. He's not, he's not big. Um, you know, so you just kind of look. And that's why, again, I've, I've said this before, but like Tisdall, Desmond Tisdall, he's, he's more of that, you know, 6'2", 230 type range. Um, you know, he's kind of got more of the the mass for it. But I'm just saying, you know, in terms of scheme and stuff like that, maybe we find a way, again, if you kind of play like NCAA and Madden, that kind of like 3-3-5 wide, right? So you get a nose tackle like Jason Jones. You get two, three techniques outside shoulder, the guard type uh, with obviously Marcus Harris and Colby Wooden. And then you, you get two edge rushers on the field, all right, so outside the tackles or whatever it is um, with Derek Hall and Ekuliota or Dylan Brooks and whoever. And then you only have one inside linebacker, all right, on the second level, and that could be Owen, right, or that could be Cam Riley or that could be Wesley Steiner. Um, so I'll be interested to see if we do any kind of, you know, formational personnel type stuff to help out whatever weaknesses we might have. Now, our coaching staff might not think we have a weakness at linebacker. 
you know, for all I know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the internal perception is of that position group, but my external <laughs> perception of that position group is we're in trouble, um, especially if Owen goes down. I mean, I don't, that would seem like a disaster to me at this point. Um, so I'll be interested in that. Obviously, you know, we have a lot of safeties that I like. It'll be interesting to kind of see, okay, do we have three safeties on the field quite a bit? Or I mean, we could even have four safeties on the field, two safeties on the field, and then the, the, that nickel um, is more of like a cover corner, you know, getting three cover guys or four cover guys. I mean, you know, the corner position, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett, DJ James, Keontae Scott, those are four guys that can probably cover pretty well. You know, and Keontae Scott's going to be kind of behind the eight ball in terms of scheme, I would imagine, but throw him out there in man coverage, he can probably do a decent job, right? So um, all that stuff will be interesting just to see kind of, you know, as much as we can see who's rotating in with who and kind of what are they, you know, what are they doing? Because um, if we just kind of line up with a 2-4-5, right, and we go Marcus Harris, Colby Wooden, two edge guys, and then we have Owen and, you know, Steiner, Owen Riley, Owen Asante, whatever it is, I mean, I see that being uh, – kind of troublesome at some point for sure um and obviously we're going to play some of these nose guys right like jason jones and jeremiah Wright. hopefully um emba you know is going to play it at some point so um it just seems like we've got some bodies on the defensive line that might can help cover up that linebacker spot so i'll be interest, interested to watch that uh you know position battles you've got kind of that that second platoon of edge guy edge guys so um obviously dylan brooks is has got to step up um whether he's physically ready or not he's just gonna have to do it i don't think he's that far behind where like romello height was when he was playing uh a year ago in terms of just you know his physical stature strength and that kind of stuff uh, i would imagine we would put him in positions to just be like hey man look you know you're 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 you know rushing up field you're trying to you know have contain but we're not necessarily relying on you to like set the edge as you know, as like a strong side in type run, you know, I would imagine we're going to do everything we can to just put him in position to like, go get the quarterback, you know, um, uh, you know, so really that, that second platoon, right. Is Dylan Brooks, Marcus Bragg, the, the, um, transfer. And then like, you know, whatever Joko Willis is going to be used as it's just going to be interesting to see those guys line up and kind of what they're working on in fall camp. Um, so the edge group there, the D line group, Obviously, you've got uh, Kobe Wooden and Marcus Harris, but then you've got, you know, Zykevius Walker, Jeffrey Emba, Morris Joseph, uh, the senior transfer, um, Tebeshi Coley still down there um, trying to figure things out. That's more of that defensive end group, you know, that 3-4 that strong, like I wouldn't say strong side, but, you know, five technique defensive end type group. Uh, kind of play the three tech and the five tech, so that's outside shoulder of the guard, head up the tackle type. And then you have more of like the defensive tackle, nose tackle group, Marquise Burks, Jason Jones, Jeremiah Wright, and East uh, Sledge. You know, just be in interesting to see, um, you know, the defensive tackle group, Marquise Burks, been here a while. He's a senior. Um, you know, I mean, if we came out with a nose tackle in the game as part of our personnel, you know, group and, and formation, would it be Marquise Burks? Would it be Jason Jones? Would it be Jeremiah Wright? You know, so it'll be interesting to see how some of this shakes out. Um, is is Emba over Zyke, Zyke Walker? Is Zyke Walker going to figure it out? Because, I mean, really, Emba's coming back from surgery. 
Zyke Walker was banged up last year, and he's never really clicked, even though he's, he looks great. Um, so is Morris Joseph ended up going to be, you know, playing more than those two guys? I mean, who knows? So the defensive line group still um, got a ways to go to get sorted out, even though we have, you know, Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris up there at the top that are really good football players. Uh, you know, in the secondary, pretty much the whole thing, I mean, you know, You've got Jalen Simpson, you've got Nehemiah Pritchett who play a lot of football for us, and I, I have a lot of confidence in both of them, even though there's been times where both of them have, you know, I mean, look, when you're playing corner, you're going to get, like, your fair share of times when you're getting schooled. Like, it's just kind of how it is. I think Nehemiah was playing a little bit, like, out of his comfort zone last year, and I can't really pinpoint, like, what that was. Um... I seem to remember him playing a lot more in the slot last year. So kind of that nickel roll, that third corner on the field. Um, seems to me like he's way more comfortable just like, okay, I'm outside or I'm in the boundary and I'm one-on-one with this guy and I'm just like rocking and rolling. Like the year before last, man, he he seemed like he was never out of position. He was always stuck to the guy real tight, you know, contested catch or pass breakup type stuff. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think he's a good football player. I think he just, you know, we need to make sure we figure out what he's comfortable with and good at and then just try to do that with him, you know, as much as we can. Um, Jalen Simpson, really good athlete. Um, same kind of thing. If you play corner long enough, you're going to get, you know, exposed at some point. But I think he's good. Like, he's he seems to be, like, a confident player, pretty good tackler. I think, I think Simpson and Pritchett, you can count on them to be pretty good, you know. Some unknown guys, I mean, DJ James started at Oregon. He's a pretty good football player, you know. Uh, Keontae Scott coming over Juco, I think he's a pretty good football player. Um, AD Diamond I like. You know, he seems like he can move really well. He seems like a decent cover guy. He's still young, so he's still tr trying to figure things out. JD Rim, you know, early enrollee. So those are six guys right there. It's just going to be interesting. Like, you know, JD Rim was here in the spring and Keontae Scott wasn't. So what does that look like? Uh, AD Diamond's been here a whole year, you know. So what does that look like in terms of pecking order? Um, DJ James obviously kind of kind of filling in. So that'll be fun. The safeties are, you know, again pretty deep um, and young. You've got Zion Pocket, Pocket Zion Pocket that's been here a long time. Um, you know, he's really heavy. He's like two two hundred thirty pounds. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see with him exactly what we're going to do. Hopefully he's healthy. He was banged up last year. You've got Caden Bridges, who I'm really excited about. Um, been high on since he, you know, since we rec recruited him. Um, Caleb Wooden, you know, Colby's little brother. Good player. Um, made some noise in the spring. Craig McDonald, the transfer from Iowa State. Bigger guy, more of that boundary safety type guy. I think he's, you know, in that 6'2", 6'3", you know, 220-pound range, a um, little banged up. So who knows how healthy he's going to be uh, in fall camp. Marquise Gilbert, the JUCO um, All-American coming in. Uh, Donovan Kaufman, you know, I mean, played a bunch last year. I didn't love his game. I didn't love his game, but he's like seems to be in like a vocal leadership type position, which is good. Um, and he's going to play different you know, he's going to play in different parts of the field. And I think the coaching staff will do their best to try to put him in a situation again, kind of like Nehemiah, where he's comfortable so he can make more plays. 
Um, I don't really know where that is. I think actually more of that like deep middle safety, even though he's a shorter guy. Um, I didn't like him around the box last year, which is kind of reverse of what you would think. But I seem to remember him doing a little better um, with more room off the ball. Like I know he had a pick in the middle of the field against South Carolina, um, you know, that kind of stuff. I remember him losing contain a few times actually in the South Carolina game um, and the Alabama game when he has more of like that in the box thing. I know against George and some other people, he got roasted um, when he's playing in the box on like, you know, kind of some play action stuff to tight ends over the middle. So I like him as more of like a deep safety. So it'll be interested to see again, you know, what our coaches think and where they want to put guys. So um, that's pretty much it for the defense, right? I mean, you got to look at, okay, what can I, what can I gather during fall camp that tells me what kind of scheme we're going to have? And then, you know, who, who's doing what, man? I mean, who knows? You know, we can come out there. The first two inside linebackers could be Owen Popo and, and, you know, Desmond Tisdale, which would be kind of a surprise, or even Eugene Asante would be a surprise, you know? Um, so that kind of stuff will be interesting. Again, may not be telling at all, but it, it, it's definitely interesting. So I'll be watching for that stuff. Um, take a quick break, get a little sip of water, and then we're going to come back. And basically, I'm just going to kind of make the determination like, all right, we've got this 2022 roster. Is it better or worse at each position uh, than the 2021 roster? All right, so so really, like, all right, we're going to go full kind of like roster breakdown again. This is really kind of one of my favorite things to look at. Um, man, it's just like, I mean, this is, I guess, why I had – I used to have so much fun even playing like NCAA and having recruiting classes and all that kind of stuff, uh, player development, Madden, obviously kind of same thing, you know, draft classes and free agency and all that. So the team building kind of aspect is like one of my favorite things in football in general. Um, so I spend, you know, probably too much time as a fan uh, just kind of thinking and, and charting some of this stuff out and, and kind of just looking at how I feel Um so, again, this exercise is now I'm not looking at position groups going, you know, the state of this position group is in a good place moving forward into like 2023, which would be next year. All I'm looking at is say, okay, the team on the field this year, 2022, each position group, is it better, in my opinion, or is it worse than, than where it was last year? Um, so, let's do this. Since we just left off with defense, let's start with defense. All right, and we'll start kind of with the front, and we'll work our way back. So the edge position, you've got Derek Hall, senior, Eku Leota, senior, uh, Dylan Brooks, retro freshman, Joko Willis, uh, asterisk, uh, sophomore, Marcus Bragg, senior. Uh, these are kind of, you know, in a depth chart order, okay, at least what, what I'm thinking. So um, I have it at a B. And we've gone through some of these on like former podcasts, but I have it at a B. I have it at a B because of lack of depth, not because of like what I think of Derek Hall and Eklu Yoda. I think they're really good. Um, I expect Derek Hall definitely to have double-digit sacks, which would be the first time in a while um, for an Auburn player to do that. So I do expect that. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks. Uh, I'm still a little bit like unsure. I know people are just kind of assuming because he was a, a highly rated recruit. He's going to be really good. I just I – mean, we haven't seen him. So, I mean, he's I mean, he's going to have to play, right? Um, 
But anyway, so I, I'm, I'm saying a B because that's, you know, Derek Hall and Ekuliota can't get every snap. Dylan Brooks, Joko Willis, Marcus Bragg, if we slide like Owen or Cam Riley out there to rush from the edge, you know, that doesn't really count. But, you know, we've got really good guys at the top, um, not a lot of depth at the bottom. Really, to be fair, you'd say our edge group was better last year. Okay. Now, I think it'll produce more this year, right? I think Hall and Leota will probably produce more sacks and maybe, you know, more TFLs than that group did last year between TD Moultrie, Ramella Height. Derek Hall, Eku Leota, you know, really for the most part. Um, but I do think going in, you know, really what we're looking at right here on paper, top to bottom, that edge group is, you know, a little worse. So like last year, maybe B plus and this year B. Okay. Uh, but again, it's weird because I do think that group is going to produce more. So how do you, you know, how do you judge that? Do you think it's better or worse? I just think top to bottom on paper, the group is worse um, than it was last year. All right. So defensive end again, this is, you know, Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris, Zyke Walker, uh, Jeffrey Emba, sophomore, I think Morris Joseph, senior to Betsy O'Coley, uh, redshirt freshman. I've got a B plus. Um, there's really no need to think that this is a worse group. Um, another year of Wooden, another year of Harris, another year of Walker, Jeffrey Imba uh, sliding in there, hopefully, you know, healthy. Morris Joseph had eight sacks from the, you know, as an interior guy. So who knows? Um, and then, you know, some depth guys at the bottom. But, um, you know, that group's better. I would say, you know, I mean, we didn't really lose anybody from that group. We had Pegues, um that played a little bit kind of in that role and as a defensive tackle. But I, that group's better this year. You know what I mean? Um, defensive tackle, uh, you've got Marquise Burks, Jason Jones, Jeremiah Wright, and Easty Sledge. So, oh, we do have Marquise Robinson coming back, uh, presumably. You lost, you know, Lee Hunter. And again, a little bit of like um, J.J. Pegues. I would say it's kind of like a push. You did have Tony Fair last year, too. I think Burks can probably do a lot of what fair did last year they're a little bit different size wise burks is probably not as like stonewall unmovable object as fair kind of was jason jones could be uh, i think jeremiah wright can be great uh, i actually was hoping he would stay on the offensive line just because i think he would be good for us but i think jeremiah wright can be really good i think anichi sledge can be really good um so I think in, in, in total, I think the defensive tackle, nose tackle group is kind of a push. I have it as C plus. I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty fair. Um, and again, this is not like, you know, this is a little different than what our defenses used to be in the four two five, where, you know, those two defensive tackles, Derek Brown and whoever, you know, that kind of stuff were really, really important. Now those defensive ends like Wooden and Harris and those guys are really, really important. And these defensive tackle, nose tackle guys are really important just in terms of like, plugging gaps and, and two gapping and, you know, not getting moved and displaced. So um, I think they're going to do their job and, you know, anything more than that would, would be great. So I think it's a push though. Okay. So right now edge worse, defensive end better, defensive tackle even. Inside linebacker worse. I shouldn't have to really go too much in detail. You got Popo, um, Asante, Steiner, Riley, Tisdall, uh, Powell Gordon, Robert Rulliard, and then Cameron Brown down there. Um, it's worse. It's a lot worse. Kind of worried about it. So that's, uh, that's that one. Cornerbacks, um, you know, I've got six of them, basically Simpson, Pritchett, Scott, James, Diamond, and Rim. Uh, 
again, kind of weird uh, how I'm doing this one. I just think top to bottom, I think we might be better um, at that position. Not having Roger is awful, um, but you know, I mean, if you think about who played well, if you think about who played last year, okay, you've got Roger, you've got Simpson and Pritchett, with which may have had to play a little out of position just because of Roger. Um, I think having those guys more focused on the outside, or even Simpson playing more slot with with James on the outside, I I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard to say it's it's better with losing Pritchett or uh, McCreary. Um, but I am high on this group, so maybe I could just call it a push. I think maybe that's fair. You you lose a guy who is so good in McCreary, but I mean you've got some pretty good top to bottom depth there, guys that, that I think that can cover. So we'll call that a push. Um, the safety position as a whole, you know, I mean, you have your kind of boundary safety guys, you kind of have your field safety guys. You know, we lost um, Smoke and we lost Bidarius Knighton. I wasn't, you know, ever that impressed with either one of those guys. I mean, Smoke, uh, I said on a former podcast again, to say that he's just not good at football or that he's going to be really easy to replace is not correct. Um, he made a lot of plays. He was a swaggy type, you know, like he was a he was a good looking guy on our defense. And I think some of that stuff matters, you know, like when Smoke, you know, blitzes like on time on the snap of the ball, whether, you know, and who knows, I mean, some of that may have been like Troy Polamalu instinctive stuff where he wouldn't necessarily supposed to do that, but he did it anyway. You know, I could see that happening with Smoke. And him getting back there, you know, sacking somebody, you know, whatever against Alabama and then popping up and doing the the crane kick. We don't have, you know, anybody that I know of in that group, the safety group, that's going to have that type of, like, swagger, you know. And, like, that matters. Like, it's not just, like, you can't just, like, you know, disregard that. Now, is Zion Puckett or Gilbert, Kaufman, McDonald, Bridges, Wooden, you know, and then Austin Osbury kind of down there um, – it, are any of those guys better football players than Smoke? I don't, maybe, you know, but the other stuff does matter. Like, the intangible, intangible stuff does matter. Um, you know, and Smoke did some annoying stuff, you know, the targetings and the, the blown pass coverages. So, I'm just saying to say that he's going to be, like, easy to replace is probably not correct. But Eris Knighton, I think any of these guys can do what he did, so I'm not super worried about that. It's another position group that I almost look at like a push, you know. Um, if If Zion is healthy, he's pretty good. Um, if Kaufman, you know, is doing what he's supposed to do, he's not terrible. Um, Craig McDonald from Iowa State looks pretty good. Marquise Gilbert, I think, will be pretty good. I really like Caden Bridges, and I really like Caleb Wooden. Um, so having those guys, like, on the field playing, I think is good. So I'll probably say a push. Again, you're you're losing, se like, seniority, leadership, and experience in smoke. Um, you're losing a guy by Darius Knight that played a lot of football, okay? But I think we might have some better – like just like better kind of football players with just less experience um, that'll be on the field more like Caden Bridges. I mean, I think he's going to be really, really good. So uh, I'll call that a push. So, all right, edge, worse, defensive end, better, defensive tackle, push, inside linebacker, worse, corner, push, safety, push. And that's kind of – I'm kind of copping out on a few of those positions. But um, so really – and look, and this is this is how I feel. I don't know that the defense, I mean, people are talking it up. I don't know that it's going to be automatically better than last year. Um, I think I think because of where our strengths are, obviously that bodes us well in terms of like 
our front should be very disruptive uh, with Hall, Leota, Wooden, Harris, you know, maybe some Imba in there. Um, I think those guys could be really, really disruptive, but they got to stay healthy. You know what I mean? Um, I'm worried about the linebacker position. I like the back end. They just got to get caught up by the third game, you know, against Penn State. And really, San Jose State will probably, you know, throw for 300 against us. Uh, but they'll probably only score, you know, one or two touchdowns is kind of what I would think. But um, so, yeah, I think the defense as a whole maybe not be as good as last year, even though statistically we might uh, outproduce some of the things that we did last year. Kind of interesting there. Um, so offensively, um, you know, we'll just start at the quarterback. It's kind of the, you know, kind of the thing. Quarterback's going to be better, okay? I'm like – I just it's going to be better. You have TJ Finley who was there last year. All right, you don't have D Davis. Well, okay, who cares? You do have Robbie Ashford and you have Holden Garner who's probably going to redshirt. Um, now you have Calzada instead of Bo. Well, if Calzada starts the entire season like like Bo would have if he wasn't hurt. Well, of course I say that he did get pulled. <laughs> he did get pulled in the Georgia State game. Um, if Calzada plays, the, if he starts the entire season, he's better than Bo, in my opinion. Okay, Ashford, Garen, or Finley is better than Finley, Davis, and whoever else was like, I don't know, uh, Walk-On or somebody. Um, but Finley, Ashford, Garen is better than Finley, Davis, right? So the backups are better, the depth's better, and I think Calzada's better than Bo. So to me, the quarterback position is better. All right, so that's good. Uh, running back position, I'd say better, just because another year of Tank, another year of Jarquez, no um, Worm. I love Worm. I hate how we pigeonholed him into a role that was not really that good for him, which was you know kind of that third down you know pass catcher guy. He made some plays out of that position against like LSU. You know, I think he he did a lot of good things, but I mean that Georgia game, he goes out in the flat. The ball gets literally put on his face mask, and people can talk about Bo throwing it too hard, whatever. I'm not, you know, whatever. But it doinks off his face mask, and then Nicobe Dean lays out, picks it off, right? And I think that was like third and two that he probably easily converts if he catches the ball. Um, so anyway, that wasn't a great role for him. He couldn't even. I mean, if he's a third down back, it's he's not going. Obviously, Worm was not going to be the best pass protector. So just having like Damari Austin. Jarquez Hunter, even Sean Jackson take the snaps that, you know, that would have been worms, I think is is good. And I I think Demari Austin's gonna be good. And I think Sean Jackson is capable of like getting a handoff and go going and getting yards. And everybody says that he's a good pass catcher too. So uh that that position's better. Tight end H back, it's not worse, you know. Um another year of Shanker deal from Frazier and then Mike Riley Ducker. Landon King's, you know, moving officially over to the receiver position. So all good. It's definitely it's definitely not worse. It's it's better. You know. I mean, all these guys are back, so tight end groups better. Um, receivers is better. Okay. Like, it's funny. We lost Kobe, who was our leading receiver, and it looked really bad. Like, it looked really bad, especially in the spring. It was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, who is going to catch the ball? Um, you know, Demetrius Robinson was terrible, in my opinion. Um, Elijah Kenny never played. So, you know, it was really about Kobe and it was, and, and here's what I'll say too: the receiver group, not having Robertson. And I know this is like harsh. Okay. But like not having Robertson take snaps from some of these guys 
is an automatic like improvement. Um, you know, by all means, he, he was an experienced guy. And look, I think he's like a really good dude, actually. Um, and I say that because, you know, I was like doing some recruiting stuff when I was in school. And, and way back then, he was getting recruited by Auburn. And, you know, so I like I have spoken with him before. I mean, he seems like a great dude. But, I mean, he's not a natural pass catcher. Um, and that showed. And I just think like, you know, between Coy Moore, Malcolm Johnson, um, you know, even like what Landon King might be utilized as, saving capers. Uh, I, mean, I love the three freshmen, Candon Brown, Omari Kelly, and Jay Fair. I think they're going to be really good. I think Tavares Dawson, you know, Harson singled him out as a guy who, who has figured it out in terms of like approach, you know, as a, as a college person. Um, he's so explosive, so I'm excited to see him. Javaris Johnson didn't transfer, so that's great. Um, and I think even, you know, again, Harson has said before, like after the season, they didn't feel like they did a good enough job like getting him the ball enough. And so, you know, I look at Shed, and look, Shedrick, I mean, think about all the go balls, like just straight non-routes that we attempted to throw that dude. That is not what he's good at. Like, he's really fast, actually. I think people kind of sleep on that. He's really fast. He is Bo Jackson's nephew, after all. Um, he's really fast, but he's not like a – he's got good long speed, but it takes him a little bit to get there. Um, he's good at catching the ball, though. Like, his hands are really strong, you know, like in terms of, like, curl routes and that kind of stuff. Like, he's done a good job, you know, in breaking routes. Um, so is that kind of that, you know, X – you know, maybe some to the field, the Z type stuff, but really I think of him in like the X role where, you know, look, these short little dinkers, these little hitch routes in the boundary, if they're playing, you know, cover three and, you know, just kind of chipping away and taking what the defense gives them, he can do that. He can run a route and catch a ball. Like he's, he's, he's good. Like he's fine. Um, I think, and he's been working his ass off and I think he's going to be better this year. Um, Coy Moore, man, I mean, who, I mean, who really knows? Uh, Harson was talking about his breakaway speed. I think his hands are pretty good. He had a couple of drops from like what I saw, uh, you know, from LSU last year. But I think is I think this. I think Coy Moore can do what Kobe did. I really do. Um, I think they're actually really really similar football players um, in terms of like you know how they do things. I think they're good route runners. I think they're super athletic. And I think, you know, Kobe made some really difficult catches, and he dropped some catches that he should have caught. Um, I could see Coy Moore being a little bit like that. I could see him making some really spectacular plays. Um, and then, you know, if if he can just, you know, kind of like the Bo Nix Calzada thing, it's like if Coy could just make the routine plays that Kobe struggled with and have some of the spectacular plays that Kobe did, well, that means he's going to be a lot – he's going to be really, really good, <laughs> you know. Uh, Malcolm Johnson. You know, what's interesting about him is you watch when he's in the game, he they put him in, in a lot of, like, blocking situations. Um, so that's interesting to me, you know. Uh, I mean, but he's one of the fastest guys on the team. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we can utilize that speed. Um, Javaris Johnson we talked about. Tavares Johnson, Jay Fair I expect to see on the field. I, I'm going through all this. You know, Camden Brown again is another guy. I mean, I, if he figures it out. And then you got Landon King, you know, and then Xavier Capers. I mean – I like this receiver group, man, and I think they've been working really hard, and that means something. I think 
Ike Hilliard, you know, if anybody can kind of crack the code on these guys, you know, you would think he would have a pretty good shot at it. So the receiver group as a whole, okay, just talking, you know, X, Z, slot, um, just you could divide them up into like flanker types, outside types, and, and slot guys. Um, I think they're. I think it's just a better group. I think it's a better group than what we had last year. If you think about who we put on the field last year, all right, really it was four guys, Shedrick, Demetrius Robertson, Kobe, and Javaris Johnson. Well, if our top four guys this year are Shedrick, Coy Moore, Javaris Johnson, and then like Malcolm Johnson Jr. slash Tavares Dawson slash Landon King, um, I really like that group a little better. You know, I do. Um, so, Receiver, better. So, so far on offense, quarterback better, running back better, tight end better, receiver better. All right. Um, offensive line, well, who did you lose? You lost Tayshawn Manning. I think that's it, right? Um, you know, I've gone back and forth on like my Tayshawn Manning thing. I watched some tape recently that showed him as a pretty damn good run blocker. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, you go watch tape, man. Each one of these dudes, okay? Zaire, Council, Brahms, Keandre Jones, Alec Jackson, Austin Troxel, Brandon Coffey. They've all had just, just ugly plays, okay? All of them have ugly plays. Some of them have had, like, noticeably really good plays. I've seen Zaire have really good plays. I've seen... Um, I've seen Nick Brahms have really good plays, okay? I've seen Keandre Jones have some really good plays. I've seen Troxel, um, maybe not as much, but maybe he has fewer bad plays, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Zaire, okay, has got some things that nobody else on this front has. It's, it's really his length and his feet um, better than anybody else that we have, okay? So at left tackle there, I think that's good. You know, another year of development, strength conditioning. I think the fact that he's in that spot and we feel good about that by all accounts, I think that's a really good thing. Um, he could end up being a really good, you know, tackle for us. Really good. Like, pretty good. Um, I really, at this point, hope Stutz wins the left guard job. Okay? He looked good. I know it's a spring game. I know it doesn't matter. But you can still look and see how people move. You know what I mean? How they get hands on people. How their feet are. What's their leverage? What's their pad level? Um, can they just smack somebody in the face, you know, and he looks like he can do that, you know, um, if we can get more, you know, pin and pull, you know, double team, like that kind of stuff. I think that'll, again, going back to like the scheme stuff, I think getting a little more variable and creative in how we do some of this and what that comes back to again is having guys that can execute it. Cam Stutz looks like somebody that can, you know, go flat down the line and kick out an edge, an end guy, okay, on like a counter or a trap, you know, something like that. He looks like somebody that can do that. Council does not, you know what I mean? So I like what Stutz potentially can bring. Now, I have no idea if he's just terrible in pass pro or whatever it is, you know what I mean? But I would love to see Stutz win that job. Uh, Nick Brahms, another year, he can't be worse. He just can't. Like, it's. I mean, you know what I mean? He. I mean, it can't, like, you know, He's going to be better. And I really – I think another year, again, strength conditioning, another year in a real offense that – and look, you know, I listen to all the same stuff you probably listen to. All I, I pretty much consume everything. Um, I know um, 
uh, message board guy that gets on with like Jay Lee and some of the guys on three. Jay Head was talking about he was on a podcast with Reese Dismukes, okay, and some of these other guys. And Dismukes was talking about how simple and terrible, really, uh, the Gus Malzahn offense was in terms of preparing offensive linemen for the NFL and what they're going to have to face. And I, and it made me think back to when, um, you know, last spring, okay, when, when Harson and all these guys first came in, there was an interview with Brahms, Nick Brahms, talking about, hey, look, you know, we're we're IDing mics, we're IDing safeties, you know, like the the center is the offensive line are, and it was just like a whole new way of 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 thinking and playing football for the offensive line last year and the whole offense. Look, and I mentioned this: our our quarterbacks in the Gus Malzahn system system weren't IDing mics, they weren't IDing safeties. Okay, so the fact that our offensive line was last year, all right, that kind of tells you, look. You know, that was year one of, of you know, kind of stopping that train, reversing it, and then now pushing it back in that direction. Um, and, you know, just another year more time for that to happen, I think Brahms will be better, just like a lot of these guys. I think Keandre Jones will be better, right? Like, why would he be worse? Why would he be worse? Um, Austin Troxel at right tackle. You just got to hope those ACL, those, those wet paper ACLs that he has, unfortunately – stand up if not you do have Brendan coffee back there that 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 can play you know he's you know he can play football alec jackson is also there too so you know the offensive line group as a whole again you lost an interior guy in tayshaun manning and really it seems like he's almost getting replaced by cameron stutz a guy who was on the roster last year but just didn't play um you know I, how can they be worse man i mean zaire's back stutz and council brahms keandre jones alec jackson austin troxel Brendan coffee why would they all be back again a whole nother year of strength conditioning, a whole other year of, you know, the scheme, the playbook, the new, the terminology, being around Will Friend and all these guys? Um, why would they be worse? So I think they're going to be better. All right. So if you go on offense, quarterback, I said better. Running back, better. Tight end, H back. Okay. I'm putting them together better. Receiver, better. Offensive line, better. That's pretty good. Okay. Defense again. I had a worse, a better, a push, a worse, a push, and a push. All right, so two worses. That's awful uh, language. But two worses, uh, a better, and three pushes. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, um, I think as a whole, top to bottom, I think I think we're better. You know, I, I do think our roster's better. I, that inside linebacker position is, is scary. Um but everything else, I mean, again, you know, I I think, you know, even I said edge is worse, but like, again, we're going to have more production from that group. Like Derek Hall stays healthy. He's going to have a monster season, man. Leota, okay, he, he he's transformed his body a little bit. He's going to have a monster season. If Dylan Brooks and Joko Willis and Marcus Bragg can, can step in and provide minutes and produce, you know, in their own – then, then that group can be better, and that kind of flips the script on defense. Now you got two betters, one worse in the inside linebacker group, um, and then some pushes. You know what I mean? So I do. Th I think our roster is better. And look, you know, even with the recruiting stuff, and you know, people were going crazy all offseason talking about the transfer portal, which I gotta say, um, I kind of nailed because I said we would get one to two receivers after the last podcast. 
I said we'd probably even bring in a safety, even though that seemed like kind of a surprising thing. But I was just looking at it going, you know, that could get hairy pretty quick. So we did that with Craig McDonald, a guy with experience. And I said, you know, obviously an edge, but it's not going to be an edge that's like good. And that's, you know, Marcus Bragg. He's a body. Um, but, you know, he might be more like Caleb Johnson in terms of like what, what he provides. And then I said, you know, we may even need like another three technique guy. And there you go with Morris Joseph. So um, just pat myself on the back for that. Just kind of, you know, looking at the roster, I guess, with some of the same eyes as the as the staff. But I mean, and then, you know, in terms of the offensive line, we didn't bring anybody in because <laughs> you're not you weren't going to be able to do it. You know, I mean, I'm looking at this this spreadsheet that I have and it's like seniors in red. All right. Killian Zaire, senior. Cameron Stutson, Brandon Council, seniors. Nick Brahms, Jaleel Irvin, seniors. Keandre Jones, starter, and one of our best offensive linemen, junior. Alec Jackson behind him, senior. Troxel and Coffee, senior, senior. You know, like, nobody's coming into that, dude. Like, nobody's coming into that. So, um, especially, like, after spring ball, it's just, it wasn't going to happen. So, um, everything kind of kind of played out the way I, I kind of anticipated. And I'm excited. I think, you know, Corey Moore and even DeZalem Worsham, I mean, who knows what you got there, but what's, what's you know, what what's going to hurt in bringing a guy like that in? Um, you know, again, giving credit to people like Zach Blackerby, the Locked On podcast, and then his buddy Charlie Five, okay, they were talking about, um, you know, Harson seems to have a pretty good hit rate so far in the portal, okay? Um, you know, Robertson, for all the things I said about him, he still is, what, our second leading receiver or at least our second, um, second lead receiver like pass catcher from the receiver position, right? Um, you look at other guys. I mean, TJ Finley, okay, won won the Georgia State game for us, right? As a transfer, um, I don't think he's very good, okay. But you I mean, you gotta give the credit. Um, what else do we have? We had uh, you know Badarius Knighton played a ton of games, played a ton of minutes for us. Uh, Tony Fair played a lot, uh, you know, helped us out. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head, but I mean, you know, again, th those are guys right there. Ekuliota, man. <laughs> I mean, Ekuliota, uh, huge. And he's like a really good kind of like locker room ball account and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, Donovan Kaufman, you know, I mean, you, you, you gotta be pretty impressed, I think with, with, uh, the hit rate so far in the portal, even though it doesn't seem like, you know, we're getting guys with a bunch of accolades and fanfare, uh, it seems like we're getting guys that can play pretty good football for us, though. You know, so, um, I, you know, if you if you kind of extrapolate that out, you would kind of anticipate some of these transfers to be good. Craig McDonald, DJ James, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Marcus Bragg, Morris Joseph, those are depth pieces for sure. But I think Morris Joseph can 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 do well for us. Who knows about Asante? You know, but if he can if he can play well, Jason Jones, that's I think that could be a really big one. Coy Moore and Desalen. Okay, we've talked about them, but I mean, Coy Moore is going to be huge, and then you got freaking Calzada and Ashford in there. So um, I think we're doing better than people think. All right, in terms of just like roster management and talent acquisition, I think our roster is better this year than it was last year, and we're a little, you know, we're what three off, I think, from the eighty-five limit. Again, it doesn't matter. You need fifty-five to sixty guys that can play really well. Okay, if you have enough injuries, if you have 10 to 15 injuries where you would get beyond that, you're not going to have a good year no matter who you are. Okay, If Alabama has 10 injuries and they get to those guys, yeah, they're going to be better guys than our guys, but like they're, they're going to lose two or three games. Okay, like If they lose their starting quarterback to an offensive line, you know what I'm saying? You start 
going down the list, if if anybody that has, you know, 10 injuries to get to that group of people that, that you know, everybody's talking about, oh, you need, you know, 70, 80, 85. You've got to have 85 guys that are – no, you don't. you got to have 55 guys that are locked in, ready to go is what you need. And the rest of them are all just guys that are getting developed. Okay, so – you know, we I think our I think our top fifty five are pretty damn good. So, um, anyway, I'm excited. I can't wait. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you can't wait either because <laughs> you're just trying to you know consume all the content you can. So, um, again, be on the lookout. I will have another podcast pretty soon um, after we get fall camp going here with a buddy of mine. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. It's just it's always easier to have like a conversation, obviously, uh, when you have somebody else, and it's it's just kind of easy for natural stuff to come out and go different ways, you know, in conversation. So excited about that. But, um, anyway, as always, if you listen to the very end, I appreciate it. Um, I hope, you know, hope I'm saying stuff that, that, you know, intrigues you, maybe makes sense to you, maybe doesn't, whatever. But, um, you know, it's always fun just to kind of talk through and think through this stuff. So as always, again, I appreciate it and I will see you next time.